Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you'll hear two new sermons from the church delivered by either Pastor Boyd or one of the other ministers from the church. We ask that you please leave us a five-star review and leave your testimony in the comments just to help the podcast grow and be in front of more people. We hope you enjoy. God bless. You say hallelujah, the better it gets. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, so thank, so thankful to the Spirit of the Lord that is here tonight. And uh, uh, if you will help us, we'll do our best to preach tonight, and the Lord will anoint. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting at verse 8. 1 Corinthians 16 and 8. And Paul says, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Okay, verse 9, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul is telling them, I'm going to stay here at Ephesus until Pentecost. The reason why I'm staying here is because a great door and effectual is open unto me, And there are many adversaries. So he says, there is that great opportunity. And I'm going to stay here to Pentecost. And I know there are many adversaries, but that effectual door is opened. And the devil can't do anything with the effectual. You hear me? Verse 10. If Timotheus come and see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Let no man despise him, but conduct him in peace, that he may come unto me. Verse 13, he gives us the formula, what we have to do when this door is open unto us. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, Quit you like men and be strong. And by the way, quit you like men does not mean quitting. It means to stand up and show yourself a man. Amen. Let all your things be done with charity. Well, I want to tell you something. If we don't do it with charity, if we don't do it out of love and kindness... It's not worth anything. Amen. Let, let all your things be done with charity. Amen. So he said, what are the things that we got to do? There's four things there. Number one, be awake. Number two, be godly. Number three, be manly. And number four, be strong. All right? And those are things that will, will help us will make all the difference in the world. That effectual is capable of and successful in producing an intended result. It's effective in producing that intended and that adequate effect. I'll never forget, several years ago now, uh, I'd get up in the morning and I use skim milk and, and my cereal and I would get heartburn. I mean, I'd be so bad I couldn't hardly stand it. Anything I couldn't eat Mexican food at all. Anything spicy, I couldn't eat it at all. And so I got an appointment with Dr. Armstrong with Aaron Abington. I don't think he's there now. But uh, he said, oh, I'm going to have to do a scope uh, of your throat, your esophagus, and your stomach. I, he said, we've got to see what's going on. So when he got finished up, he said, two-thirds of your esophagus is very inflamed in all of your stomach. And I was eating, y'all believe this? I was eating 12 to 18 times a day, sometimes two dozen. I just eat them three and four at a time all day long just to try to keep the pain down and, the, and that acid down. And uh, he said, well... I'm going to recommend and prescribe you a medicine called Protonics. And, and so 
he gave that to me. I took that pill. And I've never, since that day, I've never taken another Tums. And I've never been. I, have you ever woke up with that acid coming up and choking you to death in the middle of the night? You are actually strangling from the acid coming up. And I'd had that in different times. I've never had that since because it was effectual. It was the very thing that I needed. Amen. And, uh, and so the enemy desires to close the church's great effectual door. You hearing me? I need to say that again because I don't think you heard it. The enemy, his desire is to close the church's great effectual door. He wants us to be of no effect in this community. No effect. You understand? For there is a great door and effectual open unto me. But the problem is there are many adversaries. They are going to come at you from every direction. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Amen. We need help. We need help. We need a life-changing help for us. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 14, Be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him on all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know that effectual working provides vitality. When you did you notice the freedom that was in this service tonight? Did you notice that? Amen. When when we Brother Bill, you 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 opened up by saying that, Hallelujah, Brother Wilson, my Lord, you said I, I remember I remember so many times when the Holy Ghost would get on Brother Wilson and he'd get into that shuffle and he would get to dancing and he'd say, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and he would worship the Lord. I wanted you to know the when we, the whole body, fitly joined together, the hand can't be the foot and the foot can't be the hand and we, can't, we got the whole body body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. I want you to know those joints supply the action and the movement, don't they? According to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Can I say to you tonight, some of you don't think you're very important. Some of you think that, that the church could be fine without you. That's not so. That's not so. You know, if they wanted to defeat an army, read in the Bible, what did they do? Uh, they didn't have to kill everybody. All they had to do was cut the thumbs and the great toes off of those men. And those, do you ever try to hold a hammer, a sword, or anything without your thumb? You've got something there, but you, you have no ability to do what you need to do. And I want you to know the devil wants to cut you off as a thumb. He wants to cut you off as a toe. You don't think you're valued. You don't think you're important. But I want you to know you are important in the kingdom of heaven. And so the effectual working in the measure of every part. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 9. Remember, brethren, our labor and travail. For labor night and day because... We would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. 
Ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Oh God, I want you to know the word of God is a difference maker by effectually working here. Listen to it. That ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I want you to understand tonight, this is the word of God. It's not some ordinary book. It is the effectual working of the Spirit when you read it and believe it and take it as your own. Hallelujah. Are you a child of God? How do you know? The book says, the word of God tells me I am his child. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. The effectual working. The, the word of God, you received it, and it effectually worketh in you. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Listen to me. I want us to understand. I'm going to try my best tonight to preach to you about a great effectual door is open to us. I said, I want my, to do my best to preach to you a great effectual door is open unto us. But what we've got to do is get together as the body of Christ. Don't try to be the head if you're not the head. Amen. You hear me? Don't try to be the thumb if you're the great toe. Don't just find your place that the whole body fitly joined together. What, how, what would you think we'd look like if, if all of us were heads? There's nothing can be accomplished if we're all heads and there's no feet and legs and hands to do anything with. You hearing me? Are you hearing me? Oh, God. And so the body's got to be fitly joined together and compacted. And then that it creates that effectual working. And the Word of God is the difference maker because you receive the Word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Listen. Let's go to Acts 19. chapter. I want to show you something here in verse 17. The Bible said, Fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Ooh, glory. Are you hearing me? Fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's the last part of that verse. But I want you to get verse 18. Many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Amen. Ooh, I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost has a, it's called the truth serum in it. We don't have much of it anymore. Man, you know, I made a mistake. No, you really sinned. You know, I, 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 you know, Lord have mercy. Please help me. Amen. They confessed and showed their deeds. That means they told the truth about what they were doing. I've heard them talk about that they, they had revival and all kinds of tools that had been missing turned up back at the place. You hear me? Oh, yes. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. And many which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. I'd love to see it that everybody in this community, in this church area, would come and bring their pornography and burn it all. Oh, you talking about a, an effectual changer. You talking about, amen, everything that they've got. 
Amen. Get all of those wicked romance novels. Get all of that. They, they brought all of their books. All of those curious arts. And that's what it is. It's curiosity that killed the cat. And there they brought it in. And they counted the price of them and found it as 50,000 pieces of silver. I want to tell you something. If you've got something wrong in your heart and life, get rid of it. Get it out of your house. I told you many times, I can, we lived in the A-frame up there on the hill, and I got something in the mail. I never solicited for it, no, no, whatever. And I got that, you know, they, they are predators to know how to seek you out. Amen. They know how to do that. Those ads uh, on your phone, they know how to seek you out. Amen. And so I, I threw it in the trash. It tore me up. I threw it in the trash. And I thought, Lord, what if I was to die tonight? I was, I was in the bed trying to go to sleep. And I thought, Lord, it, what if I die? Or I, I've got that in the trash. And, and the trash bag breaks. And they see Brother Philip is looking at pornography. Right here's the evidence. You know what? I kept rolling and wrestling. I said, I know what I'll do. I got up out of the bed. I went down in the basement. We had that fireplace there. I got me some matches, and I ripped that to smithereens and set it on fire, and there was no evidence of me ever looking at that. Hallelujah. I want you to know you need to get rid of it. You need to tell the truth, and the, and the Holy Ghost is the truth giver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The Holy Ghost effectually is working there because they magnified the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost came and they started telling the truth and getting rid of their sin and it brought a great revival. Could that happen in Richlands one more time, Lord? Amen. Uh, as a guy several years ago wrote a letter to the IRS and he said, I can't sleep. My conscience is bothering me. And he said, I've enclosed a $50 check. And if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the balance. Are you hearing me? And that's the way a lot of people are. They only cry because they got caught. Amen. And this man is only upset because he's afraid he's going to get called. And I can't sleep at night, and I'm sending you $50. And if that doesn't work and I still can't sleep, I'll send you the balance. I want to tell you something. God says send the balance. Pay it off. Quit this. Stop this thing. I'm talking to us tonight about a great effectual door is open to us. And if we're ever going to accomplish anything for Christ, we've got to change it. Anybody ever heard of Frederick N. Charrington? He died when he was 85 years old in London. He was well known throughout London and Great Britain as an apostle of temperance. You know what that is? He hated alcohol and was, did everything in his power against drinking alcohol. Amen. And what he, he tells, amen, he had a fortune. He inherited a fortune of $6 million. I'm talking about in the 1800s. Amen. That would be hundreds of millions, even close to a billion dollars now. Amen. And so he and his friends were out one evening rambling through London. And they were strolling down one of London's most notorious streets. And they heard a commotion going on. And they heard a woman screaming. And uh, as they got up closer, they heard... And they looked at a ragged, pale woman. And she had a hold of a man. And, and he was trying to get loose from her. And then she was holding on to him and clinging to him. And she said, for God's sake, give me a copper. I'm hungry and the children are starving. 
And he said, we all run in to help that woman because that man took his fist and knocked her to the ground. Amen. And was trying to get away. And we grabbed him and we called the police. Amen. And he said that when the police took both of them away, he said, I looked up and there was a beautiful, illuminated, well-lit sign with gold letters. And it said, Drink Charrington beer. And he said, my heart spoke me. He said, this is the source of my family's wealth. And the result is what this man, as an alcoholic, is doing to his wife and children. And he said, I had an Apostle Paul moment right then and there. And he said, he said, I lifted my hands and he said, I will never, ever take another dime from the Charrington beer money. And he didn't. And he was one of the most honored men in London and all of Great Britain when he died at 85. I want to tell you something. Money's not important. Your heart being right is what's important. Amen. Money won't bring revival. But your heart being changed by the manifestation of the power of the Holy Ghost will bring revival. Oh, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I want to tell you, I pray that that spirit would get a hold of our people. Amen. There was a, a, a boy that wrote... Uh, to President Cleveland in 1895. They have this in the White House letter collection in September of 1895. And this is what he wrote. To His Majesty, President Cleveland, Dear President, I'm in a dreadful state of mind and I thought I would write and tell you all about two years ago, as near as I can remember, it is two years, I used Two postage stamps that had been used before on letters, perhaps more than twice. I did not realize that I had what I had done until lately. My mind is constantly turning on that subject, and I think of it night and day. Now, dear President, will you please forgive me? And I promise I will never do it again. And clothes find the cost of three stamps. And please forgive me, for I was then but 13 years old. For I am heartily sorry for what I have done from one of your subjects. I would that somebody would write heaven tonight and just tell them how bad you really are. Amen. You say, that's foolish to take three postage stamps. Is three postage stamps worth your conscience in going to heaven? Oh, God. Oh, God. Listen to me. Amen. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, by revelation hath made known unto me the mystery, which in other ages was not made unto the, known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. I want you to know, Apostle Paul, he was a hater of the church. He was a persecutor of the church. He stood by as a stone Stephen to death. But I want you to know he had an experience of the Holy Ghost that changed forever, changed his life. I pray that we would be, go back to having those life-changing experiences. Amen. I can't think of his name right now. He was the lawyer there in New York. And God was used and dealt with him, and he became the great evangelist. What was his name? Somebody speak it up for me. Amen. 
this was in the late 18, in the 1800s. Help me. Anyhow, God was dealing with him. He was a very successful lawyer. And God was dealing with him so strongly. And so he was there at his office. He said, I'm going to close up my office and go out into the field. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray till I pray this thing through. If you've got problems, I want to tell you what you need to do. Pray till you pray it through. Amen. You hearing me? Pray till you pray it through. And he said, I went out into the field. And I knelt down to pray. And he said, Charles G. Finney. Thank you. Charles G. Finney. He said, I went out to the field to pray. And as I knelt down to pray, and he said, I prayed. And he said, I prayed. And I wept and I cried. And he said, when I come to myself, I thought, well, I've, I've prayed about 15 minutes. But he said, I looked up when I raised up. I looked up, and the sun was setting. He'd been there in the spirit, praying and seeking God since early that morning. And he'd prayed all day, all day long. Oh, God, would you send that conviction upon us one more time? Would you deal with our people one more time that they'll pray Till they pray completely through. Oh, God. Till they pray and touch heaven. They touch their souls of forever and ever and ever change for the glory of God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I want to tell you. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the difference maker. The Holy Ghost is the, has the effectual working of His power. Amen. It is the gift of the grace of God that causes the effectual working of the power of the Holy Ghost. Watch you. Stand fast. Quit you like men. Be strong. What is it? The great door and effectual is open unto me. But there are many adversaries. The devil is against the church having the victory. Oh, God. Lord, please, please help me. Please help me. The grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. And whether we will be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. I want you to know the Holy Ghost is for your consolation and for your salvation. Whatever you need to get rid of, whatever needs to be changed in our lives, we need to let God take care of that for us. It is effectual. It is effectual. Oh, God. Amen. There was a, a Mexican criminal, warlord, drug lord. His name was Juan Chavez. He was one of the greatest desperados in Mexico. They tried multiple times to see him arrested. He was absolutely beyond the reach of law. Every effort to apprehend him proved unsuccessful. Then one day, without warning, there was a man walked into courtroom there in Saltillo, Mexico. And he walked up to the judge there in the courtroom. And he said, I am Juan Chavez. The judge nearly fell out of his chair. It so shocked him, and he, you're Juan Chavez? And he said, I am Juan Chavez. Who brought you in? And he said, this book. You hear me? This book brought me in. He said, a few months ago, I did one of my robberies, and I had all of my Stolen goods there, and I was living in a cave. 
And this book was in the booty. And he said, I was bored there in that cave. And I picked up this book. And I started reading. And he said, this book got a hold of me and I couldn't put it down. And I kept on reading. And I kept on reading and I kept on reading. And he said, this book tells me that I must come and pay for my wrongs. Pay for my robberies. Pay for my killings. I've got to pay my debt to society. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there is a difference maker. Juan Chavez was changed. He was totally changed. Amen. I began reading this book and couldn't get away from it. And the Bible has changed my life. I want you to know today, there is a Bible that will change your life if you allow it. Amen. The Bible said in Philemon 1 and 5, Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. If there's anything good in you, it comes from Christ Jesus. Amen? None of us are good. Amen. For we have great joy and consolation in our love because of the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Oh, hallelujah. But I want you to know the communication of thy faith became effectual by the knowledge, acknowledging, acknowledging every good thing that is in us by Christ Jesus. James chapter 5. Amen. I want you to listen to me. The Bible makes one statement in verse 7. A two-word statement. Be patient. Amen. You know how patient we are. We're standing there waiting on the popcorn to come out of the microwave. And we're saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We're patient. Be patient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth. For the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. The theme words here from James chapter 5 are patience and the coming of the Lord. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. We never, I never, we never even remotely dreamed when we were preparing for the year 2000. We was trying to get all the batteries we could and get everything we could together. Amen. But it never affected. Amen. And so many people said, well, I don't know if the Lord's coming back or not. Amen. But we never realize how awful it is. And the craziest things that are taking place through this woke stuff, through this liberal stuff, transgenderism, all of this crazy stuff that's going on. Amen. Be patient, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Jesus Christ is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Amen. Verse 8. Be ye also patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. What we've got to do tonight, church, Amen. Is there anything bothering you? You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient and you've got to establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is nigh. And then he said in verse 9, Grudge not one another, one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold the judge standing before the door. The devil knows his time is short and what he tries to do right now is to try our patience to get us to blow sky high and quit. Hello? Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. 
then. And so the word patience is patient, patient, patience, 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 repeated over and over. Then we start down to verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Boy, I'm going to tell you, let people come and anoint me and pray for me anytime they want to. Amen. Because if I've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven him. Amen. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. Notice what it says in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. You know, they said the early church, even up to the 3rd and 4th century, practice open confession. And the Wesley brothers and their holy clubs they practiced open confession. Amen. I want to tell you what my mother told me. She said there at Mount Pleasant, <clears throat> she said if somebody did something wrong that day, when they got an opportunity to testify, said they would get up and tell what they had done. Because if they didn't, the Holy Ghost would reveal to somebody and they would call them out and tell what they'd done. Are you hearing me? Boy, I'd love to see the Holy Ghost working like that again, wouldn't you? Would you or not? You know, that's just like that, that preacher that had that rock laying on the pulpit and he's preaching. And he said, the Lord showed me that there's a man in this congregation committing adultery on his wife. And I've got this rock and went at a certain point in this in this message this morning, I'm going to throw it and hit you right between the eyes with this rock. And said when he picked up the rock, there was five men fell to the floor. Yeah. Amen. It's one thing to come to church and hide your sins, but it's another thing to have a clear conscience before God. Amen. Oh, God. The effectual... Fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Robertson's word picture said availeth much. It says it has much force. Well, I'll tell you what. I want to have much force in my life. How about you? Oh, God. Christ is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and the gathering in of the elect. And the Bible said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. We've got to patiently wait for Christ. And we've got to stand right before Him. Amen. Amen. You understand, confession is difficult. It's against our fallen human nature. Amen. A wise man once said the three hardest words in the English language to be said are, I was wrong. Frederick the Great spoke to the Senate there, and he said, I have lost a great battle, and it was entirely my own fault. Amen. And Goldsmith said about him, he said, his confession displayed more greatness than all of his victories. Amen. And there his acknowledgement of his failure, amen, and his failure of his people gave him great stature with them. Let me tell you something. I read this and I, I've heard of this feud. It was the, the, between the Browns and the Smiths there in Kentucky. And, uh, and so they... They'd lived beside one another for years. And they'd fought for years. The feud started with Grandpa Smith's cow jumped over the stone fence of Grandpa Brown's and ate Grandpa Brown's corn. And so Grandpa Brown shot Mr. Smith's cow. 
Amen. Then one of the Smith boys shot two of the Brown boys. And the Bill, the oldest of the Browns, decided to even up matters since it was his father that had been killed. Bill was called away to war. And while he was away, his mother had a hard time providing for his brothers and sisters and the rest of the family. And one Christmas, the head of the Smith family, thanks be to God for a good Smith, amen. Can you say amen? The head of the Smith family took his wife and children to church. He usually stayed outside, but it was so cold that day that he couldn't stand it. And so he came on into the church. And the message, the sermon was preached that Christ, the Prince of Peace. And it struck Mr. Smith's heart. And uh, so he said, Lord, I'm going to change my life and make things right. And so he said... On his way home, he passed by the Browns' house and he looked how bad it was. And he said, what a crime I have committed in killing the breadwinner of this family. Amen. Oh, God, I've killed Mr. Brown. I've committed a crime. Amen. And he prayed and asked God to save him and help him. And so he started secretly to send help to the family. Amen. He hired a little boy. He hired this little boy to carry a basket of food to the Browns' house every day. He's killed the breadwinner. And I've, I've given it to God. And the only way I can take care of, of what I've done to the breadwinner, I've got to send food to that family every day. Are you hearing me? Amen. And so Bill came home from the war and he heard of the kindness and he decided he was going to find out who the benefactor was and thank him for his help. And so he decided to follow the little boy. And the little boy went right straight to the Smith's house. And he followed the little boy and knocked on the door at the Smith's house. Amen. He could not believe his eyes when, amen, Mr. Smith answered his knock and he smiled at him. He said, Bill, shoot me if you want to. It's okay. Amen. Bill said, I've come to thank you for taking care of my family while I was gone. Amen. Then Smith told Bill, how his heart changed. I heard the story of the first Christmas. The story of the Prince of Peace. And he changed my life. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Stand with me, please. I've got more. But I, I think I was, I was Romans 8 and 26. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth our hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. I'm so glad he searches our hearts. And if you allow him, he'll search your heart. He'll search our hearts because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I want you to look at verse 34. Christ died and is risen again. And he's at the right hand of the God of heaven tonight. And he makes intercession for us. Oh, if we'll get our hearts right. We'll get our hearts right. A great effectual door is open to us. Amen. We can have revival. It's at our fingertips. It's at our fingertips, but it's left up to all of us tonight. Would you bow your heads for prayer tonight? Bow your heads. Bow your heads, please. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you that you dealt with me about this great door and effectuals open, which are many adversaries. The devil is our great enemy, and he tries to hinder, confuse, anger, discourage every way he can the body of Christ. But we must come and be fitly joined together, fitly joined together to be what God has for us to be. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. And if we will come and be fitly joined together, the Word of God will grow mighty and prevail, and the Holy Ghost will do His effectual work in our lives. Please, Lord, please, Lord, deal with us. Deal with us this night. Oh, God. Oh, God. Would you pray with me? Would, would you pray with me? Dear God, God, I, I'm so interested in this having revival. I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired, Lord. I told Carolyn many, many times, I'm so sick and I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. Lord, I need help. I need a touch that only comes from you. Lord, please, would you come to us and help us? Oh, God, would you come to us? Lord, 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 Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, Lord. Would you deal with us this night? Amen. Prayer faith is going to save the sick. The Lord's going to raise them up. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil. In the name of the Lord. I want to tell you what I'm facing. You know, I've had all this surgery. And it's all been, it's come back three times. So I've had it four times altogether. Squamous cell. Carcinoma. So I told Dr. Shanka when I went to Charlottesville, I said, well, I've got this place over here on the right side of my face. And he said, you need to get your dermatologist to check that. So Carolyn called, and it usually takes dermatology associates in Bristol, Kingsport, and Johnson City. It usually takes weeks to be able to get in. She got me in. Amen. She looked at it, and she said, ooh. I need to biopsy that, and she should cut it off, and she said, we'll send it in. You understand, I told you Thursday evening I'd struggled all day because at 7.45 in the morning I got a call from Bristol, and the call said, the place on your face is squamous cell carcinoma, and you're going to have to have surgery again. And so they scheduled me for surgery May the 12th. And Carolyn called them back. She said, we can't wait that long. So they've scheduled me for surgery on this, the Mohs surgery, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. But I need the help of heaven. Doctors have done all they can do. And I want the church to pray for me. Will you brothers, you preaching brothers, will y'all come? And will you saints come and gather around? You, Brother Randy preached such a wonderful message that Thursday night. We've got to get the victory some way, somehow. Hallelujah. We've got to have victory some way, somehow. Come on, brothers. Amen. Church, follow them. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Where the heat 